on this episode of menstruction but to say to to base that purely on women just being women and being terrible people for being entitled which is something else that i said we're gonna address that in a moment that's not seeing the full picture what i've come to see this is how people move in a capitalist system this is how people move in competitive spaces and now that women are truly at a point where they can really be infused into the economic system, the corporate world, the competitive nature of a capitalist society, they have to take on those traits. You have to take on those traits because that comes with the territory. Watch this. Relax, this is your safe place. Come and take solace. Here we build a better man. Pristine and so polished. Look at all the delusions we demolish. We found value everywhere from the trades to the college. Strength without knowledge. Rings without brawn. Like velvets with the builders. Every time the mic is on. Man, our confidence is swooning. We don't need an introduction. Show the sound. What you listening to? Menstruction. Greetings and salutations. It is your beloved host and confidant, Black Velvet. And I'm here for another episode of Menstruction. The place that provides you with the beneficial bricks to fortify the structure that is you incorporated. And that is amazing that we have made it to 2024. Almost to the day two years ago is when this this platform came to its very inception, when it really became a reality. As uh, as the boys, uh, Tony, Tony, Tony said, man. Not yet. Almost. We're getting there, man. We're getting there. But what a journey it has been. Wow. Lifelong dream. Childhood dream. Wanting to really start this thing off and get it going. Really talk about so many wonderful things and have so many great conversations with so many great people about so many important tantamount topics. We're really just getting started. Things are, are truly just heating up. I can't be uh, any any more grateful. Now, it's time to get to work. It's time to move on to season two. Enough with the sentimental stuff. But let's do some housekeeping real quick. Before we get into the crux of this episode, let's first make sure that everyone is aware that there is now a menstruction media channel on YouTube. Of course, you can find this wonderful show on every platform that you can stream audio on. So it's there. The Menstruction Media Hub exists and it has been backloaded with all of season one's episodes. If you go onto your nearest YouTube application, whether that be desktop, mobile, however you access it, if you go and you use the handle, as YouTube has incorporated the handles with the at symbols, which I think is so fantastic. So if you use the handle at beneficial brick, that is at beneficial brick, you will be taken directly to the land of menstruction. 
Now, if you're also looking for some shorter form factor, there's also the Black Velvet channel. What? What's the Black Velvet channel? Yes, there is the Black Velvet channel, which is, of course, yours truly, your beloved host. I take a lot of the same topics we have here, but it's just me. But I cover some other things that I don't feel need a whole episode dedicated to them or some things maybe we can have a, a lighter perspective on. So not to take too seriously. Still going to be some information there. It's still a learning experience, but it's not so much so about that. So let's just have a good time. You know, I want the uh, Black Velvet channel to very much so still challenge uh, common thought process and convention. Also, I want it in a lot of ways to feel like a one on one conversation about those everyday things that you think about and wonder about. You know, just that that crazy ass news story that you see and you call up a friend and you chat about it. Get over to the Black Velvet channel. Get over to the Menstruction channel. Go ahead and hit that subscribe on both. The handle for that is at Black Velvet. Black Velvet without the vowels, though. So it's at B-L-K-V-L-V-T. That'll we've got that out of the way. Let's really talk. So one of the things that I put a lot of emphasis into for the introduction to season two is making a shift in the perspective that we tackle a lot of the topics from in the direction that these conversations are going to go in. But also I laid out some specific elements that I really want to build this season off of. And with that, I found that some of those elements may be are actually one in the same or incorporate each other. Being able to tackle those accordingly, appropriately, um, and productively uh, might be a, a, a little confusing. One of those major things was accountability. It was one of the four major elements that I spoke of in that shorter episode. And accountability comes in a lot of forms. I actually talked about accountability a bit more in depth on the Black Velvet channel as well. Check that out. But accountability, I have always said, kind of falls to the wayside if the person or people or institutions that are trying to enforce it don't themselves open themselves up for the same level of scrutiny. If they don't open themselves up and hold themselves to those same standards, then accountability doesn't truly exist. And I think of accountability and the way that I broke it down in that clip on the Black Velvet channel is I think I broke it down. It's a compound word. So I broke it down into each of its parts. You have an account and you have an ability. And with an account, I think of that as the most tangible account that most people think of, which is your bank account and your bank account. Of course, you want that to accurately and be very current on how it's tracking your funds. Meaning when you look in your banking app or you go to your bank, and you're getting your bank balance, it better reflect the number that you expect it to reflect. It should say exactly what is within that account, clearly, discreetly, and openly. And that has to be that way so that not only you, the owner of the account, knows what's in there, but the bank that also has access to that account and who's managing the money within it is aware of what's there. 
That's the same with accountability. It has to be very clearly understood what's being held to account. What actions were taken, what actions weren't taken, what were the consequences of said actions? Who was involved? All of those same elements. And then the ability. You have to have the ability to do all those aforementioned things. Meaning, not only do you have the ability to actually take account, to monitor all those elements, but you also have the ability to recognize that accountability is taking place. And as I said before, you have the ability to let that accountability be enforced the same way upon you as you would like it enforced upon whoever or whatever is being applied to. And so when you bring those two things together, you have a clear, concise understanding of an action and its consequences and the ability to recognize it. That's accountability. It's something that almost appears to be coming more and more absent in our day-to-day lives. But we're going to come back to that. I bring up accountability because I first want to start by applying that same concept to myself. Because how am I to have this platform? How am I to host this show? How am I to speak on these topics and criticize those who follow and try to challenge their way of thinking and encourage a different way of thinking if I myself am not going to hold myself to account? If I am not going to make sure that I am also doing those things? Because with account comes credibility. With accountability comes credibility. The two go hand in hand because a current account is a credible account. A maintained account is a credible account. So accountability and credibility go hand in hand. And credibility is such a huge thing for me because you're not going to trust and listen to the essence of someone who doesn't have that credibility. And you shouldn't, depending on what it's about. But especially when it comes to listening to your favorite host on one of your favorite podcasts to make sure that the items that he is addressing are being addressed accurately and that they can be taken for account. And I want everything that I say here to be taken for account so much so that I will and have come out to correct myself after things that I've said before and will continue to do so because I anticipate to miss some things, to misstate some things, or to just change my perspectives. That's key. That's key to being responsible. That's key to being respected. That's key to being credible. Why is that relevant? What am I talking about being accountable to you all? And how is that the case? Well, there are some things that I have changed my perspective on. And to be most accountable, I feel that it's only fair to address those things. Now, I want to state very clearly up front that that does not mean that some of the things that I'm about to discuss, I find valid. That doesn't mean that I am stating in any way that I necessarily agree with the perspectives and or the groups of people that will be discussed. I'm simply acknowledging that some of the things that I believe now may be in conflict with some of the things that I've said before. That doesn't negate what I've said in the past, nor does it negate what I will say in the future. It simply means that I have developed my perspectives have evolved. That's a big part of this platform. It's about evolution. As I say in the tagline, every time 
the place where you fortify the structure that is you incorporated. Fortify, meaning you're building up, meaning you're developing. The building space is what we call this arena when we have guests in. Beneficial bricks is intentional because you are fortifying. You need those bricks to build the structure. All of it's intentional. So this is me keeping in step with that, saying that I have grown myself and I've definitely acknowledged that. So I want to be open and clear about that. So what am I talking about? Sounds like I'm about to drop a bombshell. Nothing ridiculous. Let's start here. I was very, very critical of the red pill movement uh, and those that were considered themselves to be members of the manosphere and the progenitors of that movement, uh, as well as the followers of that movement. Highly critical to the extent where I did not hesitate to make fun of them on a regular basis on this platform and probably will continue to do so. One of my major criticisms of mostly the followers of that movement was that they did not have enough wherewithal. They didn't have enough willpower to really think for themselves. And that I was finding great disappointment with anyone that was really getting behind that, given what their options are, given what the alternative could and should be. I didn't stray away from that. I didn't stray away from making my disdain very clear. Now, I feel a bit differently. I still do not believe that the Manosphere, the Red Spillers, and all the other offshoots of that were a net positive. Nor do I feel like a lot of the people who consider themselves followers of their dogma necessarily made the best choice or were the most critical thinkers. However, to imply that the people that were following, which honestly, there's probably a cross section of the kinds of people, type of people that are listening to this platform. So some of you are unable to think critically or that you felt that, or, or essentially that you were blind followers of this movement due to feeling displaced, due to feeling disillusioned about current social circumstances. I do now believe that there probably was a lot of intentionality in that pursuit. There was a lot of introspection that went into that. What I failed to see and what I feel that I overlooked at that time is that the calculation that was made is that those feelings of dis disillusionment was feelings of confusion and frustration overrode the necessity to be, let's say, conventionally free thinking. Instead, those feelings were manifesting and festering in such a way that it was believed, it was felt the speakers and influencers in a manospherical space were appealing to and they were doing so with such vigor that you could only feel that you had to follow that. You felt like somebody was finally addressing the feelings that you actually had. Instead of going into a yet another space where you felt like you were being criticized, going into yet another space where you're told effectively that your perspective is wrong. And I was no different. I was also coming at it from a perspective of being critical and telling you that you were wrong. Although I was trying to do so from a decent place, I was trying to do so for your overall benefit. 
trying to alert you to the reality, which is in most cases, the people in that space were exploiting your insecurities. They were exploiting your feelings of disdain. They were exploiting your feelings of disillusionment for monetary gain. And exploitation isn't always a bad thing. If those same people, the same influencers in that space were exploiting those feelings to stir up some kind of a change to improve the circumstances, or at the very least to incite a level of introspection and shift in perspective to consider why things are the way they are and what adjustments need to be made moving forward, I wouldn't have any issue with that. I may have even applauded them for that. And honestly, would have been a little impressed to see that many men, especially young men, coalescing around that kind of a movement. I think that'd be fucking amazing. But instead, the exploitation happened, the rumination happened, the trauma bonding happened, and all it was for was to sell a product, to sell a course, to sell some merchandise. That's it. To sell penis pills to 20-somethings. And that, for me, was one of the many things that turned the light bulb on. Because I still don't understand why 20-something young men who should be in the height and the prime of their libidinous endeavors, whose testosterone levels should be pretty up there, are having issues and struggles with maintaining an erection? There's no way. And I'm not a medical professional, so I don't know. Maybe that is a greater challenge for more than I realized, but that's beside the point. To see that something like that was happening so openly and so brazenly and that not as many people as I would have expected were having a, a an apprehensive response to it is what really became the issue. Because not only were they putting it in your face that I'm exploiting you, that I am fleecing you, but you're not even able to parse out that's what's happening because the messaging that's coming to you feels like someone is speaking for you. Feels like someone is really getting to the heart of how you actually feel. And they're not providing tangible solutions. They're not really providing any answers. They're just placating to your irrational feelings. Why I've had a change of heart is how could I honestly, how could anyone truly be upset with someone for pursuing something? that appeals to their inner psyche. How can you be mad at somebody for pursuing something that speaks to their spiritual selves? So overall, what I really came to and where my perspective changed on it is I was trying to attack that from the wrong perspective in the process was attacking the people for who they were and how they responded instead of really going after the true issue. Instead of trying to address the actual reasons that they're doing it and then trying to solve that trying to provide some better answers for that and don't get me wrong i tried to make sure that that conversation was happening too and we will continue to make sure that those conversations are happening but to take the approach that i did when it came to criticizing those people i feel was unfair how could i truly criticize them for feeling that way and for listening to and consuming the content that they did who else was really acknowledging those things who else was speaking to the core issues 
at heart. Who else was speaking to that existential nihilism that everyone under the age of 26 has been born into? Who else was born into this plethora of knowledge and information that gives you an on-demand understanding of every minute issue going on around you to cause you to be worried, to cause you to have all that anxiety and depression, to cause you to feel lonely and separated? But how could I really criticize them for circumstances that they didn't put themselves into? I'm saying they, we, I'm a part of that cohort that we didn't put ourselves into that we didn't ask for and that we in no way created or are trying to maintain while the powers that be are doing very little, if anything, to address any of those issues. And then you finally get people who have a bit more life experience, who have a bit more resources and a bit more and a bit more influence to finally speak on these things. And they're all men. For the most part, of course, you would go over there. Of course you would. So I feel that that was an unfair perspective for me to take. And I feel that it was an unfair way to criticize the people that were going after us. First, I want to address that. Let's take a quick break and we'll get into my next point. Something years would it took the most beautiful brown on every screen that I did you know that your host makes music? Ah, that's right. Black Velvet has taken his vocal and articulation talents and put it on the Yesterday tried me good luck is untime. I'm the man I need to be today. So take a breath and say finally. Valentine trying to get fine all your favorite streaming platforms just search black velvet hard drive hits let's get you back to that show now moving in the same vein as my previous point where i feel that i also came up short in regards to addressing a very real and prominent issue that exists with uh zillennial males the interaction and presence of young women in a platonic and a non-platonic sense in our lives. And I, I dedicated a whole episode to truly discussing how effectively I believe that when it comes to prioritizing a young woman in your life, you should approach it as a job, approach it as a task effectively categorize it and prioritize things as if it's another obligation. And at one point in that episode, I said something along the lines of you have to have your three your You have to do 120 hours a week, right? Meaning you have three full time, 40 hour a week jobs, whether that be your main occupation, your side hustle and your girl, whether that be you're a full-time student, you have your, your your occupation and a side hustle, whatever the case may be, but you have to do a 120-hour workload every week. And while I do still believe that you should approach categorizing and compartmentalizing your time between very important obligations in your life in a very deliberate and methodical way, to say that and to imply that 
you should approach those items in the romantic space with that same perspective, I think was short-sighted. First off, one major thing that I think that that perspective overlooks and completely disregards is the actual challenges that millennials and mostly Gen Z males and are probably going to continue to have in regards to developing and solidifying romantic relationships. And really, we go even further and say when it comes to maintaining and developing relationships as a whole, platonic or non-platonic, just in the social realm. Well, that's a separate point. I want to focus on specifically talking about, uh, as I said, uh, I, I believe as I may have titled that episode, the prioritization of pussy. First off, let's just acknowledge that the challenges are very real. We live in a time now where collegiate education for men is the lowest it has ever been. And the shift being that for women, it is the highest that it has ever been. Why does that matter? Not to imply or to state in any way that women are smarter than men, not to say that they have certainly figured out the game, but it's just to say that the advent of going to college is to have a better way of life, specifically in regards to giving yourself access to higher overall income, opening those doors to have those opportunities, which means now you're also seeing women earn some of the highest salaries they've ever earned. And in some places that outpacing the salaries of men. Again, why does that matter? Well, when it comes to the roles of men and women, and this is not me saying what I believe the role should be and what the implied roles between men and women are, but what they are by nature and the roles that people tend to fall in, specifically those categorized as male type humanoid and categorized as female type humanoid, the man typically provides. And in our current society and the late stage capitalism we're in, that usually is in a financial sense. There are other ways that you provide as well when it comes to support, stability, strength. But for the most part, that's all rooted in your economic viability. You being able to bankroll and sustain security with there being less access to that level of security, that level of financial success for men, especially for men of our cohort. It has now allowed women and put young women in our cohort to be in a space where they look elsewhere because their expectations naturally are set at what they feel that they can sustain. And by having access to certain means due to the uh, opportunities they've afforded themselves with that higher level of education, they're going to expect more. And this is, that's just common logic. That's just rationale. That's how people work. When you move up and you experience a better lifestyle, that's where you set your standard. When you go from being in the section eight, run down dilapidated group home housing and you make it to the suburbs well a suburb seems like a nice standard you don't want to go back naturally and so it's no different for women in that regard they've now been able to see what they can achieve and attain based off of a new level of mobility 
And so, of course, now they want someone who can provide more than that, or at the very least, maintain that. So to come at it from a perspective of saying, well, you have to treat that like a job that goes against and almost disregards the challenges and complaints that a lot of men of our cohort have, which is it's becoming harder and more challenging to find a sweet, compassionate, supportive young woman to really connect with. Because yes, there is more of a standard of aggression. Yes, there is more of a standard of selfishness and narcissistic behavior. There is. All those things are true. But to say to to base that purely on women just being women and being terrible people for being entitled, which is something else that I said, we're going to address that in a moment. That's not seeing the full picture. What I've come to see, this is how people move in a capitalist system. This is how people move in competitive spaces. And now that women are truly at a point where they can really be infused into the economic system, the corporate world, the competitive nature of a capitalist society, they have to take on those traits. You have to take on those traits because that comes with the territory. It's effectively the other side of what men say all the time when when women start to complain about the things that they've experienced in the workplace and just the overall stress that comes with having to work all the time to sustain life. And then you get other people that come out and say, well, no, you're rolling with the big dogs now. This is how it goes. This is what you signed up for. You want to be a career woman, you have to play by the rules of the career. That's how it goes. And they adapt. That's what we do as people. We adapt. So that's the shift that's occurred. To blame that purely on women is unfair, disingenuous, short-sighted. To say that the proper response to that from my brothers is to ironically to treat someone who is adapting to a system that's forcing them to be part of an industry, to be a function in an industry. It's beyond the correct way to approach it. So you have to take into account and be honest about the fact that they're living with the circumstances that have been presented to them as are we. We all have a whole lot of unique challenges that we're going to have to deal with in our lifetime. And that's one of the big ones, but it's all going to go back to the overall message that I always say is we have to come meet each other at the table. We have to speak about these things and understand and see it from the other side, because a lot of the challenges are the same fucking challenges. And ultimately both sides of that issue goes back to the same overarching issue, the displacement, the disillusionment, the, the, the vitriol that comes towards women in some capacities and the disconnect between being able to make those meaningful connections and women being a bit more aggressive and a bit more assertive and a bit more selfish all goes back to motherfuckers ain't got enough money it all goes back to you don't have enough to sustain life comfortably to live in your true self you have to be a function of an industry you have to be a function of the system because that's the only way that you can really survive let me take it a step further for a second. When it comes to the complaints about promiscuity, or specifically, if we're going to talk about the online personalities, the OnlyFans models, the e-girls, the e-thoughts, so on and so forth, whatever you want to call them to categorize it, there's this great disdain. Well, why, why are, why, why are so many young women or they get criticized? 
for making those decisions, for living that life, for becoming those characters. Oh, that's so uncouth. Oh, that's so unconventional. Oh, that's so unladylike. How could you? You're lazy. Couldn't cut it in the real world, huh? Possibly. Possibly. But also, you think that this uptick just came out of nowhere? You think they all just coalesced one day and said, you know what? Sis, why don't you show some more ass? We definitely weren't showing enough in the music videos and the pornography that already exists and the fashion commercials and whatnot. We weren't already showing enough of ourselves and being an objectified enough. Let's do it even more so. And let's expand this industry of virtual sex work. That's not how it happened. A large element of that, I would argue, is they did some cost-benefit analysis. And they said, hey, I'm a woman. On average, my earning potential is going to be lesser than that of a man. Men in general are earning less due to lack of job opportunities, lack of being able to meet qualifications, lack of education, but I still have a certain way of life that I want to live. So how do I maintain that? I guess I have to go with the oldest, one of the oldest professions in the world. I got to sell my ass. And this is the shit that blows my mind. Niggas get mad about it, chastise it, but you are the reason that it exists. You're paying into it. If you really didn't want it, you wouldn't put your dollars on it. That's a bar. But you're paying for that. And here's the thing. I'm not shitting on either side. I'm not saying that the men that are paying for that shit, that you're wrong. And I'm not saying the women that do that shit, that they're wrong. Again, you see the accountability. I understand both sides. The accessibility is there. It's too hard to go out and make those meaningful connections due to a lack of social skills, due to the nihilism and anxiety from very real world issues. I understand that. So it's easier to get those connections, especially when you can superimpose specific characteristics that you like onto chick A. OnlyFans model number 28491. And all you got to do is make a deposit on a monthly basis to get that. I get that. On the other side, I can see how being a career woman just doesn't cut it for you. Maybe that's not the life you want to live. Maybe you want to rest comfortably in your femininity and enjoy that feminine energy. You don't want to be, you don't want to have to be in a, com a competitive mindset all the time. You don't always want to feel like you have to look over your shoulder and women have to do that enough with other women as it is. You don't want to feel like you have to compete in men's spaces just to get enough to do what you need to do. And then you have the added challenge of not being able to find a man that can help supplement that. And even if you do find one caters to some of your personal desires, you still might just not make enough to make those ends meet again due to no fault of his own. So you take the one thing that you have true autonomy and control over, which is your body, although your government is consistently trying to take pieces of that away from you too, but that's a separate conversation. And you sell it, you distribute it in a way that you know for sure will generate you revenue. And in a very ironic way, will allow a man to supplement your way of life financially. Isn't that crazy how we adapt? Isn't it crazy how we find a way to 
fall right back into the positions we want to be in. Because think about it. This is, again, why I have to take accountability because I I feel that I wasn't addressing this properly. The manosphere was complaining that women weren't valuable enough to be supported. They weren't allowing men to be in their supporting, providing positions. They weren't being appreciative of that. They weren't being worthy of that. And women are saying, well, men are dusty. They're broke. They have no ambition. And so now you have all these people who are competing in this economy of attention. And guess what? We found a solution, albeit a very unconventional one, to both of those problems. Women put out the thirst traps. They put out the OnlyFans pages and all the other OnlyFans alternatives, the private Snapchat stories, whatever. There's plenty of things. And guess what they get out of it? They find men who support them financially. You're still dusty, I guess. Still might be broke, honestly, but you are supporting me financially. On the other side, men, you wanted to provide. You wanted to find women that were worthy of being provided for. Well, I guess you did. You're dumping thousands, thousands, millions, probably billions of dollars into all of the women that do this kind of work and other variations of it, you're bankrolling it. And you say, that's not what you want. Then you turn around and try to chastise them for doing that. But isn't that suiting and certifying and serving the needs of both sides? I'm not saying it's the right solution. I'm not saying it's the best solution. I'm saying that's the one we came to. So I have to acknowledge that. I have to set the record straight on all of those things. So my, my perspective has, sh- has shifted. And as we move forward through more episodes and more seasons, I will continue to take accountability for the things that I say, for the conversations that we have, for the information that I offer, for the challenges to your conventional thinking that I propose. I will continue to do that. And I do that out of respect for myself, but also out of respect for you. And I cover things that I cover and discuss the things that I discuss to make sure that I'm holding you to account just as much as you should hold me to account. And as I will hold me to account, you have to address things in context. It's too easy to get caught up in what's going on right now. It's too easy to get caught up in your perspective, what you think is happening right then and there, abnegating the facts. That means there has to be accurate information. That means there has to be rational perspectives. We will continue to do that here. Continue to engage these conversations. It's necessary. Let's take another quick break. Hey, did you hear that? That Black Velvet guy has a channel now? Yeah, totally. Uh, The Menstruction Media Channel. Already subscribed. Nah, man, nah, man. He's got his own channel. Yeah, I know. It's the instruction channel. No, man, no, man. Black Velvet. He's got his own Black Velvet channel. Oh, word? Check out the Black Velvet channel. The handle is at B-L-K-V-L-V-T. Back to the show. So as we move into closing, I first want to reiterate how excited 
I am to continue to push out a new season of the podcast and to have some even more engaging conversation to challenge more convention to bring more people into a common space and really develop a a message of of progress over change because change is good change is necessary change is inevitable but progress is better that's what we want again make sure you take the time to get over to your favorite most accessible way to get to youtube get over to that menstruation media page channel i'm saying page like we still have blogs like this is my space damn how am i simultaneously old and young at the same fucking time i don't know get over to youtube however you like to access it and get to the menstruation media page which uh, handle for that is at beneficial brick as well as we just can't get enough of your favorite host here we just want to unwind not get so so serious can also get over to the black velvet channel almost said page again and that the handle is at b l k v l v t it's just black velvet with none of the vowels so let's continue to engage in these conversations let's continue to understand more about each other and where we're at so that we can plan and move accordingly and a lot of the things that we feel are generated from the opposite side, the opposing side, as we seem to try to look at them, really isn't. There's no other side. There's no opposition. We have to change our perspective on that. We have to stop looking at everything as an other side, an us versus them. That is tribalism. That is tribalism. We have to stop that. It's not us versus them. It's we versus ourselves. The sooner we figure that shit out, Start acting like we understand the quicker we can get to some solutions. There is no black versus white. There is no men versus women. That's all of us. There is man versus machine. There is man versus corporation. There is man versus himself in that you're battling your true feelings and thoughts and mentality. Those are the real battles that we need to be trying to solve. That we need to be trying to win. But that takes a team. The sooner we put down our daggers against ourselves and lift up the pitchforks against the real ops, the sooner we can find something that tastes like peace. I'm just a young black man with a wacky tagline. This has been another episode of Menstruction, a place where the men and women and all that join the charge build the structures for the men and women of tomorrow. I go by Black Velvet, and I love each and every one of you.